yeah i don't know if that's the correct way to say that but Uh, um yeah they do have a gaberhood which was cool (laughs) yeah uh, it was a delight to know that existed we drove like three hours from amish country to visit the gaberhood that was my understanding is just that like outside of san francisco there are other thriving like neighborhoods or spots that like yeah that 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 do it as well if not better than san francisco i mean i think everyone makes do with what they have and uh, I, think it's I don't know more, if it's better. Yeah, I think they're more isolated in a lot of cities Indeed. where, like, they're isolated to a neighborhood where you feel safe and comfortable mm-hmm. to be exactly. out in yourself versus here you can just exist. It's everywhere, yeah. yeah. Um, there's, a like, New Orleans. Um, I grew up in Louisiana, uh, the, like, younger part uh, of my growing up, and... Louisiana is a very red state. Um, I thought you were saying the the younger part of Louisiana, and I was like, what neighborhood? <laughs> is, what neighborhood is that? You know, you hip know, Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the young younger and part. Hip Cajuns. No. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, however, like New Orleans is absolutely, um, you know, a progressive uh, metropolis, and they have the Fruit Loop, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is what they call their neighborhood. Nice. Yeah. I just I just like that community forms it's like however it's going to mm. form mm-hmm. as it, whether it as takes needed. a neighborhood whether it takes a bar whether it takes a club the, for that sure somehow a community forms to to around you i wish there was Definitely. like i wish there was like a legit musicians community neighborhood like like a neighborhood where you could go oh if you want to hang out with musicians go to what? such and such you street. mean in san francisco a great idea i want yeah i want to live yeah. on that street it's <laughs> basically the mission by default but it's not really like str- it's not strongly that i want us to have like mission i want us to have like musician flags that we hang though mm. and be like i'll have the biggest musician flag outside of my window and just be like yeah. i'll get come one come all yeah, yeah. i want that I mean that'd be kind of cool if if it if it did become the mission and the mission could hang out next to the Castro and we could be like super like pride na- uh, neighborhoods, <laughs> super pride neighborhoods, fused together, SPNs. Yeah. I just I can see how big things could be accomplished with that. Live music twenty four seven. Would yeah. that be exclusionary for people who don't play music? Mm. Uh, aren't there straight people that live in the Castro? That's true. Mm. I think. I mean, I haven't gone door to door yet, but <laughs> straight or gay, straight or gay, it's straight high or gay. Time. Yeah. Hi, you don't know me. I'm Stefan. Yeah. Are you gay? Just asking. Thank you for your time. Just asking. Are you allowed I'm here? I'm taking a poll. Just, uh, yeah, running me? Concert. No, I don't work for anybody. I'm just a guy. Yeah. No, it's, it's guy with questions. Just checking in. Yeah. <laughs> Came to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, oh, are you, what are you gonna do with this? I don't know. I'm just thinking about this neighborhood for musicians. <laughs> 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 what are you gonna do with that? I don't know. Like we're just so far, we're just gonna like have a neighborhood. <laughs> we want to start a musician for neighborhoods. So uh, I mean, a neighborhood for musicians. Uh, <laughs> z- z- my point is, are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> Ma'am? No, I'm not homeless. How does this, yeah. <laughs> How does this relate? Yeah. What is it that you would like people to know about your band going forward? Ooh, what are you working on next? I yeah. heard you're working on something next. That's Yeah, we are. There you go. Um, so yeah, we're going to do... Uh, so there's two things we're going to do. We've been around for seven years, and... Uh, uh, since we're international superstars at this point, we've, we've basically <laughs> played all the Bono. stadiums. Yeah, we've har, opened for Bono. So we're gonna um, we're gonna put out kind of a like a best of us collection. We're gonna we're gonna sort of remaster and and re-record a couple of our favorite tracks, and then and we're also gonna release an acoustic record, um, which we've never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, it's good timing that we've started working on that because basically like we've never done acoustic stuff before and uh have just started it like in the latter half of 2019 and um which is why we were able to even play anything here and uh and yeah we're 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 prepping like some of our favorite songs acoustic um acoustic is basically the opposite of what we are <laughs> we're mm-hmm. we're very electronic and very electric um and uh very uh up tempo so it's fun to think about like uh seven years of songwriting together uh how can we spin that into something chill and you know, more mid-tempo and more relaxed and laid back, maybe a little bit more down-tempo and melancholic, um, mm-hmm. but but still fun to listen to. Yeah, in fact, our new strategy for, I think we're going to do two songs, right, at Amnesia, where we do a, sort yeah. of an acoustic intro, mm-hmm. 
do acoustic intro and then go into yep. the sort of EDM. Kind of a blend. Yeah, sort of a blend cool. to give it a try. Yeah, we've been yeah. we've been more into cover songs. Our our new lead singer's really into covers. She's like a karaoke queen. So uh, <laughs> we've been we've been working on covers. And when we write it, when we write an arrangement for a cover, we like to half acoustic, half electronic it. So we had a Sadness question a for Great Spoiler. Highway yeah. uh, coming from a, a, an unknown caller. Um, okay. Where did you get the name from? Mm. Oh, it's the street on the west side of town. I know that's so super Otherwise boring. Known as Otherwise known as Great, Great Highway. Highway. Okay. Yeah, it's the, it's the road that runs along the ocean. We, you know, we in 2012, me and my original songwriting partner, who's who's not with the band anymore, we were like, we wanted to uh, make it quintessential San Francisco. We always wanted Frisco? to be a local band. Frisco, yeah. Frisco. Um, and Sweet Gale was taking taken, so yeah. uh, we had to come up with oh. another name. Sweet Frisco Gale. That was our first name, and you know, <laughs> it was our, we went down to the copyright office. They were like, "It's Absolutely taken. Yeah. It's yeah. taken." So yeah. great highway it was. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, it's just a beautiful part of town. It's the first place we rehearsed, like 48th and Balboa. I think wow. we had a tiny little room in a in someone's garage um like our original bassist and so yeah it just it just sort of stuck like it there you go with that nice um we're gonna play one more song for gail this one's dedicated to gail uh it's it's called if you can queue up far away Mm. um and sean this is another piece that sean penned so he's gonna he's gonna outro us with a little bit about this song yeah totally Mm. yeah this was a bit of homage to it's Paul Rise. Oh yeah, the la- the yeah. previous album Rise. It's a bit of homage to Paul Simon. I think we always talk about that and kind of. I think I was trying to write a song that had a real distinct story to it. What I liked about this song too is it was a real collaboration between the band. Like I, I envisioned sort of it was a a woman a, a breakup between a, a man and a woman, which you know. That's standard in San Francisco, not as standard in San Francisco. Where am I going with this? Anyway, <laughs> so uh, we, I wrote the first part, kind of like the guy's point of view, and then Sarah, who was uh, one of our lead singers in the band at that time, wrote the woman's point of view, and Jason, actually, I had sort of the, the verses written, and he came up with the chorus, so it was a real collaboration, but I always consider it kind of a bit of homage to Paul Simon and, and sort of the s- storytelling type of song versus just a, a hook mm-hmm. you know some songs really built off a hook some songs are built off of a story so mm-hmm. we were trying to do that and I, I like how it came out you can if you listen to the words you can sort of hear the the guy's point of view why did you run away so far and not deal with this problem and then and then you get to the woman's point of view is like you just never really were paying attention to me and you know so why are you upset now that i'm gone and and, and it, it, you know tells that kind Typical. of story <laughs> i know Anyway, yeah. so that's how it came about. So if you were going to queue up this song, how would you do it? Ah, uh. oh, yeah. So this was off of our album. Um, this was Rise, right? 2018. Yeah, yeah last 20, year. Yeah. Last so our, our previous album before the new one. Yeah, far, and this is Far Away.
Yay. It's Fantastic Comedy Clubhouse here on a Friday. It's just like I never left. Yay. It's always as it is. It's great. Yay. I'm back from the Greek islands. Yeah, I'm still feeling pretty chill. Uh, only because I ate one of my own edibles today. Oh no, I was hungry and so I ate one and now I'm fucked. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening. I feel like I'm on the Greek islands again. I'm floating. It was actually really scary. Uh, I had one of the, I, I'm gonna have to use this moment for sense memory. I've never been so scared in my life on the Greek islands. Uh, we could hitchhike anywhere. I wasn't afraid of anything like that. Uh, but this island was infested with bees. <laughs> I'm allergic to bees. But I didn't think, oh, I'm leaving San Francisco and going to the Greek islands. Oh, there might be bees there. I need to have an EpiPen. I haven't seen a bee here in 12 years. I thought we eradicated those motherfuckers. Oh, no, they live in Greece now. Oh, okay. I've never felt such fear. I was in the most beautiful place. It's this gorgeous black sea sand beach, and we're in the shade, and the water's so clear, and it's so gorgeous. And I'm, like, sitting inside the tent shaking because there's bees everywhere. I'm like, look at the beauty and wonderment. I'm going to die. And I was trying to coach Jonathan on how to give me a tracheotomy, which comes from the Greek, by the way. <laughs> You've got to let me know. Should I watch a full-length movie on YouTube? With Michael Spiegelman on Mutiny Radio. So come on and let me know. Should I watch a full-length movie on YouTube? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T So you gotta let me know Do I watch a full-length movie on YouTube? Welcome to... A very special episode of LWAFLMOIT, a clash-filled episode. Now, to me, they're the greatest band of all time, and I'm not alone in that opinion. Back in the day, they were called the only band that mattered, and that was true to me. So, 1983, the clash were on top. They had risen out of a scene in London to have two hits around the world with Should I Stay or Should I Go and Rock the Casbah. And that's why where we start our show, The Clash were fresh off of a tour opening for The Who worldwide, and now they were back in London and making a movie. Why? Why were they making a movie? For the hell of it. It wasn't a record company project. No one approached them. This was Joe Strummer interested in getting into film, and he was experimenting, almost like a home movie. All was not well with The Clash. Topper Heaton, the drummer, was out of the band. He just could no longer function due to drug abuse. And there was tension between the remaining band members. Mick Jones would be asked to leave the band right after this film was completed. So this film is the very last glimpse of The Clash before it all fell apart. And it's, it's in the part of London where The Clash were born. It was their stomping grounds. And we're going to cover this for you in true Spiegelman fashion. Now, stay tuned after the movie for an interview with Derek Goddard. Derek Goddard was the man they were grooming to be the new drummer. And he's a main character in, a, 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 in this film. And we get a, get a great in-depth interview with him after we learn a lot of stuff. The last thing I want to talk about is the soundtrack. Okay. Now, this soundtrack is an interesting soundtrack. It's alternate versions and, you know, recordings of the rehearsals. This soundtrack is great for the Clash fan. However, if you're not a Clash fan, you're not going to listen to this soundtrack and fall in love with the Clash from it. No, this is for the Clash aficionado. Interesting uh, behind-the-scenes kind of look at their music as they were doing some of the recordings. If you know The Clash well, I recommend that you listen to this film just for the soundtrack. I watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Hey, it's time for LWAFLM 
OIT. That stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. And Carl. Hi, Mike. Hi, Carl and Carl. You know, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T is the podcast name. And you can search any of your wonderful podcast devices for it. Subscribe and not even listen. But if you want to listen first, stream mm -hmm. it, check it out. Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube is on Mutiny Radio every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're on right now. <laughs> Great. So check out mutinyradio.fm. Uh, it is our sponsor. Take you to a website called pcrcollective.org. But from there, you can check out the programming, you can subscribe to podcasts, mm -hmm. and you can listen to live comedy. Uh, it's a great station. And always hit the donation button and donate, and you can donate on Venmo at Uni Radio. So, Carl, we're going to watch a full length movie on YouTube. Yes, we absolutely are. And, Carl, and uh, what's the movie today? Okay, we're going to watch Hell W10, 1983. Wait a minute. Hell. Hell. H E L L space W one zero W one zero. That is the German pronunciation. Yes. H E L L space W ten nineteen eighty three. And the channel we like is Hexen Definitive. The other one has commercials. So Hexen. So that's a big. You right. could tell it's Hexen. It, it was posted officially a year ago, and uh, the other one was eight years ago. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of ads. Okay, so uh, do what Carl did. Do H-E double hockey sticks, <laughs> W-10. That's what you need to type in. And uh, when you find the link uh, on the channel, uh, Drexton Regular, go ahead and click it, and then hit pause. Uh, play any commercials that you need to play. There's no commercials. But hit pause, and then move it the the... Your slider, to, your slider, your time slider, time slide your thing to zero, ten your uh, time slider to zero zero zero. Hit pause. Uh, we usually, uh, if you like the show, we're glad you're listening. We have a really special show. This is a really cool movie, yeah. and uh, a lot of cool people behind it. So right. we're all taken away with our celebrity comedian countdown. Okay, today's celebrity comedian countdown is not a comedian at all. It's the actor. Who is in one of the actors who is in this film? Uh, what? Yeah, Derek Goddard. Derek Goddard. And so let's have him do our countdown. Okay. You are about to hear a very special episode of LWAFL MOYT, a clash filled episode. One of the greatest bands of all time, My Beatles. The Clash. Okay, now in 1983, The Clash were really on top. They had risen out of the punk scene in London, and that brought them fame and accolade. But now they had hits around the world with Rock the Casbah and Should I Stay or Should I Go? And that's where we open up. 1983 in London, they made a movie. Okay, now... After Combat Rock was released, Topper Heaton, their drummer, was asked to leave the band just because he couldn't function anymore due to drugs. And they made this film. Mick Jones was fired, and The Clash, as we knew it, dissolved. So this is the very last glimpse we get to see of The Clash all together, and we're going to cover it for you in Spiegelman fashion here on LWAFLMOYT. In 2003, a Clash DVD box set was released called The Essential Clash, and it was just months uh, after Joe Strummer's death in 2002, and this DVD box set contained a movie called Hell W10. Hell W10. It's only 50 minutes long. It was filmed in 16 millimeter. It's black and white. It's in Notting Hill, uh, Landbrook Grove. It's all in London, but what's special about it is that is the setting, the stomping grounds, where The Clash lived and breathed. In this film, you see all the members of The Clash and their crew. One of the members of that crew was a gentleman named Derek Goddard. Uh, he was in his 20s at the time. He, they were grooming him to become the new drummer. And I found him on, on, uh, out there on the interwebs. And after we watched the movie together, 
stay tuned for an interview, an in-depth interview with him uh, about his experience making that film and is about his experience being with The Clash for that very short window before it all fell apart. Last thing I want to talk about before we get started here is the soundtrack. Now, as you know, when we watch a full-length movie on YouTube, we turn down the sound, okay? The, the soundtrack is really interesting. Uh, rehearsal ta takes, uh, alternative takes of classic Clash songs. Now, if you don't know The Clash, you're not going to fall in love with them listening to the soundtrack. It's really for the Clash aficionado to hear some interesting things. Okay, ready? Here we go. Theme song, Clash based, and then it's on to Michael's magic. Darling, you gotta let me know. Yeah, I want full like movie on YouTube. With a Michael Spiegelman. And call on Mutiny Radio. So come on and let me know. Did I watch a full length movie on YouTube? L W A F L M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. So come on and let me know. Hey, it's time for L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. And Carl. Hi, Mike. Hi, Carl and Carl. You know, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T is the podcast name. and You can search any of your wonderful podcast devices for it. Subscribe and not even listen. But if you want to listen first, stream mm -hmm. it. Check it out. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. is on Mutiny Radio every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're on right now. Great <laughs> to check out MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, it is our sponsor. Take you to a website called PCRCollective.org. But from there, you can check out the programming. You can subscribe to podcasts, mm -hmm. and you can listen to live comedy. Uh, it's a great station. And always hit the donation button. And donate, and you can donate on Venmo at Unity Radio. So, Carl, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Yes, we absolutely are. And, Carl, and uh, what's the movie today? Okay, we're going to watch Hell W10, 1983. Wait a minute. Hell? H-E-L-L -L -L space W10. Yeah, W10. Right. It's Hell W10. <laughs> that is the German pronunciation, yes. H-E-L-L -L space W10-1983. And the channel we like is Hexen Definitive. The other one has commercials, so Hexen So that's a big deal. You right. could tell it's Hexen. It, it was posted officially a year ago, and uh, the other one was eight years ago. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of ads. Okay, so uh, do what Carl did, do H-E double hockey sticks, <laughs> W-10, that's what you need to type in. And uh, when you find the link uh, on the channel, uh, Drexton Regular, go ahead and click it and then hit pause. Uh, play any commercials that you need to play. There's no commercials. But hit pause and then move to the, the your slider. To, your slider, your time slider. Time slide your thing to zero, tenant your uh, time slider to zero, zero, zero hit pause uh we usually uh, if you'd like the show we're glad you're listening we have a really special show this is a really cool movie yeah. and uh, a lot of cool people behind it so right. carl take it away with our celebrity comedian countdown okay today's celebrity comedian countdown is not a comedian at all it's the actor who is in one of the actors who is in this film uh what? yeah derek goddard derek goddard and so let's have him do our countdown. Okay, and I haven't heard this yet, but this is probably the best Derek Goddard interview I've ever heard. I've gone through all of my questions, got a lot of info from you. Is wow. anything you want to say to the audience about this film, about the making of this film, knowing that we're about to watch the whole thing? Uh, for me, try to be like open-minded in a sense that there was a lot of realism involved 
not not so much like obviously in the in the in the story and the characters, but what you what you get to see is real like Labrick Road. Yeah. And and you know, to be honest, like a lot a lot of the characters we we you know, we don't have like, you know, spend time, you know, prepping and makeup and all this sort of stuff. It was literally Joe's like, okay, action. Right. You know? So so it, it, it's kind of not that far from like you know like how we how we kind of was you know and that sounds weird but it's almost there's a part of like if you're if you love the clash this is real clash history you get in a you get in a real window I know the story isn't the easiest to follow but um you know you got the music and that's all you know, the real deal and, and, and the and the imagery and, you know. The setting know is very genuine and legitimate. That's what the everything felt and looked like. You're really getting the experience of being there at the time. Yeah. And, 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 Joe, and Joe literally, like, used, like, all the clash, you know, like, even Mickey Foote's car. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That that is there's a scene where you know driving around like London, and um, you know Mickey lent his car, you know, and and Joe's like used all Clash, you know, aficionado, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So people and props yeah. and environment and setting, everything was. You're really getting a snapshot. It's a piece of history, and uh, right down right. to a lent car, yeah. A history, right, right when before again, it's important to think that really that was the last thing that every like Mick and and Paul and 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 Joe were all you know together. Do you know what I mean? It's the Country very last glimpse. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, count us down, and we'll all watch this film together. So the countdown. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Well, Carl, I have to say that was a really interesting conversation. And again, I stand, I don't stand corrected. That was the best <laughs> interview I've heard. Well, wait guy. till you hear the interview after our show. Oh, all right. Sounds good. Now, uh, we're, we're watching this just coldly, but can you give a little information about this movie? Okay, so well, right now have... we're in Landbrook Grove. It's London. It's London. Uh, right. but. Landbrook Grove, and this guy is a blind man on a train. And we're hearing the song Version City by The Clash. It's an interesting soundtrack because it's like out, not outtakes, that's not the right word, like recorded rehearsals and uh, interesting tracks, instrumentals. Now, you, you are the number one Clash fan. And yeah. have you ever heard these tracks in, in this movie? Well, that's what's interesting. I have, but in their originally published form so here it's interesting it's a little behind the scenes you hear their musicality now you, one of the things we love about the show is that we love when rock stars make their own movies so i'm really excited i had no idea that uh last made this movie joe strummer yeah I'm almost nobody did and it was almost lost forever um the place where they had it stored went out of business and they just destroyed all the tape. They just threw it in the garbage. Um, oh. But somebody had a videotape somewhere. Um, 2003, there was this thing called the Essential Clash. It was like, you know, they're trying to make money off of the Clash, right? So it had right. all sorts of special features, including this movie. Um, was it a box set? Yeah, that kind of thing. And it was, you know, Joe, Joe Strummer died in 2002. So it was pretty timely. This was the very last thing the Clash did together before they broke up. Now we we should mention for the record, you have seen the Clash live, and by Clash, I mean after the breakup. I saw them both before and after. Yes. Best best shows you've seen? Um, yeah, I would say the one in Asbury Park was uh, a perfect perfect night uh, for a seventeen year old boy. You know, and it was um, just, it's all foggy because it's on the beach in Asbury Park. Um, I mean, outside of the arena, it's all, it was all foggy that night. And so Joe was like, we got us 
40 cases of imported London fog. It was just great. What a night. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. There's Paul Stimonen playing the guitar, and there's his disgruntled, unhappy girlfriend. She's just not happy with their station in life. And for some reason, she wants out, and she's about to get out. She's no, she's a British punk rocker. Like she's right. OG. Now look, there's no special effects here. She's gonna really pick up a guitar now and smash him on the head. It's not a special effect. No, it's a real guitar. Let's see if it breaks. Five bucks it breaks. <laughs> oh, that really does hurt. Joe Strummer <sighs> was directing this. <laughs> they just were they fans of the three stooges? No. <laughs> no, they were not. <laughs> Okay, oh, here's a... the bad guy, Socrates. Okay. Oh, what are you talking about? Socrates is a good guy. Uh, well, in Greek mythology, yes. Yeah. But, in... <laughs> but in But yeah. in Landbrook Grove, he's the meanest of the meanest. Now that is Paul's girlfriend who has now walked out. Okay, we're back to the blind man who continues to recount the story. He's making a recording, you see? Oh, so now when the, they found this movie, were, were there, uh, was there, there wasn't any sound, right? And, uh, That's right. It was, this was always intended to be an, a silent film. And I think at least Derek Goddard, you'll hear in the interview after this movie, feels that it was um, meant to be played while the Clash, behind the Clash as they, as they did a concert. Uh, wow. Yeah, so it'd be like a live performance, and behind them would be, um, watch. Now, look, Paul sneaks up. Bam, he smacks Mick and the Socrates in the face. Look at that. Oh, I bet she's going to have to shine her. And look, he hopped on the car. No, this is all one take, too. Yeah. Didn't, didn't this play on Fish Burgers back in 92? <laughs> no, this is much better than Fish Burgers. This is 16-millimeter moment. Okay, look. You see his black eye? Socrates is informing me. I see his black eye. Somebody smacked me in the eye. We can't take this shit. How cool in London. It's, it's London, right? So yeah. is the name of the title like the address? So uh, of like yeah, eight. there's a postal co code which is W10. It's Notting Hill. Um, and oh, really? So, yeah. I love that movie. That's delightful. Well, we <laughs> Julia Roberts. No. You know, it was actually it was based on her true life experience. I was in Notting Hill and I bumped into Julia Roberts and I was like, You're Julia Roberts. It's like, no, enjoy this movie about an astronaut who looks like me. And I was like, Whoa. And we started to date and the neighborhood really got gentrified. And it was uh it was a really good film. And then she left because she had another movie. <laughs> okay, well, well really beating each before other. all that happened. Now look, this is what happens to people who don't pay Socrates protection money. Got it, Spiegelman? Well, don't you think it's ironic? Because I would need protection from them. Subtle racism here. He says, are you auditioning for the lead part in Black Superman? Subtle. It's subtle. Who's making a joke again? This guy's name is Ray, and he was a longtime bodyguard, and he's going to be a main character in this film and these are all friends and family of, of the clash yeah i wouldn't say family um except for like the mother of his children i don't think at this point is in it but i wouldn't say family but it's the clash and everyone around them all the crew um did the pogues show up the pogues yeah there's the gabby oh, right there she is yeah. the mother of joe's children she is, uh, I really don't know her story, except I only hear nice things. <clears throat> this is a malt shop. <laughs> well, this is supposed to be a bar, right? But it's all real alcohol. And they did take after take after take after take. <laughs> Not since Marvin's room. They were the realistic meal. It was just a drunk night. There is a storyline going on, right? Or are they just kind of talking? Yeah, the storyline is Paul's girl left him to go like be Socrates, like porno girl or 
go-go girl. So now Paul is mad. So he punches Socrates in the face. Socrates isn't going to stand for that. This guy gets caught up in the protection money thing. So Paul befriends him. Okay. And so now they're learning who is Socrates in Lambrook Grove. You know, he's the tough. He's trying to be the toughest guy in town, he is. In Lambrook Grove, there is a lord. Listen, I got to say, I had a great time uh, meeting Derek and interviewing him, speaking with him on the phone. He's just wonderful. And uh, a lot of inside information in the interview after. Now, I have not heard his uh, interview uh, at the time of this uh, recording. And uh, although I see the stand up, he, he was great. And for a New Jersey comedian, he mm-hmm. really had a, good, a tight set. But uh, so I don't want us to repeat information that he revealed. And it's cool that we have an after interview as well. Yes. Man, message is- received. Message received. Are, are they. Um, Waiting for Lenny Bruce open? What's going on? <laughs> it does look like that. Like um, that dance hall one we saw. The filmed in 16 millimeter black and white. I guess he was a rock star. Now, there's not, now these are all real punk rockers. Well, they're like, friends and family. Of the, why am I saying family? They're like roadies and chicks and girlfriends. And they're all the class. Gotcha. Now, I actually, here is Socrates is making a porno film behind you know right. he's a criminal mastermind socrates and he makes porno film too oh photographs no less you can mm-hmm. buy them in uh, downtown shops <laughs> i was in shepherd's bush two quid eight pop and i got me a porno mag uh <laughs> that's right uh, yes, hello. I would like to buy the Daily Fish Mongers newspaper. Oh, <laughs> wink, wink. Here we go. Let me go in the back, you naughty boy. <laughs> uh, Socrates just made him. I would okay, still like so like. Uh, he's saying, oops. give me the address of your old boyfriend because he's getting his ass kicked. All right, so we do have drama. That's right. Look how he overacts. He, Mick is the best thing about this film, I would. I don't know. There's other great things, too. But Mick is a really good thing about this film. He overacts. Hey, you lot! Go on to this well, house this... and bring him round, eh? Now, you, you've shot some of the movies on 16mm before. You have to overreact. What a monster! Ah. <laughs> That's right. You see, Joe Strummer directed that this, and this is exactly what he wanted. You see, it clenches his fist. Yeah, he's like, I want you to overact, and Derek likened it to Buster Keaton. You know, big exaggerated movements and walking a little quicker than, you know, a snap to your skin. Okay, so they're off to pick up Paul. Now look, you see the snow flurry. The internet claims that this was like filmed in the summer. But yet Derek got his first phone call from Joe to do it in February. And you just saw snow flurries, right? Yeah, I just saw the snow, so it's not really summer. Guess who's not home? Is there, uh, Carl, is there snow in London? That's not in Socrates is calling. Socrates is calling. Do you know London calling? Yeah, I heard of it. Yeah, that's the one where they... uh, Call London. Call London. It's a famous album cover. Yeah, that really is a great cover. That is like one of the coolest clash clash songs ever. London Calling. I mean, yeah, so many, but that is a real fucking rocker. Ra- like Radio this. Clash killed. Radio, Radio Clash well, is great. Well, I, I vote for Lost in the Supermarket. <laughs> no, <song>. no. <laughs> That's probably the great song. No, but that's uh, the unhippest class song. You, 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 the girl song. Oh, you know what's even better than uh, Lost in the Supermarket? What? The, the B-side to Lost in the Supermarket. What a great <laughs> no, song. No, no. Listen, Clash fans, Lost in the Supermarket was the B-side. 
Oh, give me a break. You know, the, the top of the you know box. Do you know the English Civil War by The Clash? Greatest rock song ever written. Do you know it? Nope. Well, it's your lot. <laughs> Here, I, let me pull out my left hand and I've had some of the Clash songs I know. This is London. This is England. Oh, terrible song. Well, <laughs> not a terrible song, but yeah, the, the Bad Spirit yeah. song. That was probably their best song. Oh, oh uh, when you reach the bottom. Oh, I'm thinking of Bad too. Excuse me. Uh, what else? There was a. Uh, oh, that's a pretty class song, of course. They no, wait, a, wait, wait. I got to tell you plot now. You see, yeah. they're looking at all the porn. They are. They're thinking forever. And Joe Strummer's saying, like, Oi, make it like he's really horny, right? So, you know, now Paul is outside the window and he is finding out that there's a stash of porn he could steal and sell. Okay. I mean, Paul is going to get this, Socrates. Look at this guy. Like Spider-Man. He's a regular Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Now, look, there's no special effects. That is a 22-year-old, 23-year-old Paul Simonon who just shimmied up the side of a, of a Lembrook Grove flat. He, you know. Paul Simonon is the bass player? Yeah. And I had the pleasure to shake his hand once, yes. Nice. He's, Posing figure. Of course, I'm such a little peewee. He's so tall. Oh, I am mate. Look at that. You see him falling down? That was yeah, real. That was real. Now, Ray is really limping there. That really did hurt him. Yeah, there's no, like, second takes in this film. Well, they did, no, he did a lot of second takes. This is really as polished as it gets. He, yeah, you have to admit, it's a really well done movie. You know, there's no <laughs> my nice ass kiss, Mike. No, now there's no script. Joe Strummer was just telling him, "You do this and you do that." He just directed them um, as they went along. Now he had a whole story in his head, but he never wrote it down. Did they? Um, uh, I guess until they run out of film, and then they got an ending. So. <laughs> no, it really was. It does have a plot that goes all the way to the end. That doesn't make it good, but it, you know. Now they, for for music videos, like I mean, they were a seventies band for sure, and they were definitely like the premier punk band. But they also had a lot of te television appearances and and kind of their their iconic posters and T-shirts. But when music video came out, I guess Rock the Casbah was like a huge video. Yeah. And also, um, Should I Stay or Should I Go was a huge video. Yeah, that's right. And what they did is <clears throat> they toured with The Who, but in the video, they make it look like everyone's filling, uh, you know, giant stadium for them. Well, yeah, he, he flaunted when he got it, you know. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but it was a little deceptive. It was a little deceptive. Well, yeah, I don't know if you saw my music video live at... Uh... Red Rocks back when I opened for you too. <laughs> when I opened for you too, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it was. It was me, uh, Chumbawamba, and then you too. Greenville. Now they're breaking in and just stealing the porn outright. They're tying everybody up and holding knives. I mean, they're really being criminals here. Now they're robbing a cr a criminal organization, right? It's I guess that makes it okay. But these are our heroes. So that's a real knife. Yeah, it's a real knife. And there look, goes okay, the guns might be real too. We don't know. It never gets answered that question on the internet <laughs> or in person. So uh, I'll talk about that when the guns come. Okay. Is there going to be a placard that says bang? That would be so great. Look, he can't get out. He can't get out. Yeah, he'd be seated. I'm Dang. acting. I am acting. Now, there's, there's Joe Strummer, and he's a cop. Really? That's ironic, because he fought the law. And the law won, Mike. He's, they said, you're a cop now. You is, you're a you're bobby. Yeah, you can't. You don't join them.
Gabby word. is driving the getaway car. They're hiding the porn right now. They're hiding it in a stack. And do you see how Gabby's overacting, looking around, making sure no one's watching? Drive, I said. Now, uh, here is Joe Strummer as a corrupt cop. Oh, he's going to take some here and there. Yeah, he's and he's splitting it with his partner. What was that James McElroy movie? Filth? Or is that like a corrupt cop who is actually uh, had a secret? That's that's what they would call the cops. They would. I I can't hear you so well. Oh, there was a movie called Filth. I believe it was Filth, where uh -huh. it was about crooked British cops. Uh huh. One who had a weird. Uh, in a deep secret, but uh, the term came from like slang for cops. This is a great banana rama song. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So they have successfully stole the porn. So now they're like, we got to sell it now. Who are we going to flog porn? Yeah, we got to flog. We saw we saw a couple of good. Uh, Late sixties uh, Soho London swinging movies, right? Like yeah, uh, Venus from Starship. No wait. Yep, and Starship late, Venus. Yeah, and in that they go save Nick to close, and they say it here too. Look how they <laughs> light his. They light his magazine. No, they're just going off. They're just straight out jackets. Look at that. He's killing. Carl so it's like fire. way back then that would be an acceptable prank. Okay, here comes the blind man, and I don't know why, but he is Again. the bearer of gift. He shows up at the wrong time. We're trying to flog porn here. Look, uh, aren't they illegal in London? Yep. Well, actually. It was rare to to actually see a gun in London. I, Derek will talk about that. I think these guns might okay. potentially be real. <laughs> what a tax write-off for a rock band! <laughs> right. Bring your guns and uh, yeah. Now he's been ripped off, and he's like, "What am I going to tell my partners?" Now watch Mick overact. It's great. Look at that guy, oh, broke you, what are you, a monkey? So great. What? He's got his white gloves on. Yeah. Oh, he's giving white glove service. So he's had enough of He's so crazy. Now, in real life, Paul and Mick were a point of contention in the band. Uh, and what is suspected is that Joe really did this on purpose. If you look at who are the like the the partners with Paul and who are the partners with right. Mick in the film, it's real life people who you know. One's his guitar roadie named, named Digby. One is um, uh, Cosmo, who's you know like they're all in the movie paired up like they are as friends in real life, friends and supports. That's pretty cool. Paul again. We like to hang out downtown. I like to meet up top of the road. Now, will they beat up mods or rockers? Yeah. Like, are there enemy mods or rockers? No, you see, that was about 25 years, 20, 15 to 20 years earlier, <laughs> there would be mods and rockers gotcha. in Limbrook Grove. That, those days are over. It's punk rock time. There was a uh, like Peter Weller and all that, those guys. What what they're doing now is they're scouring the street for these LW10. Right. Get back, you drunk. You run out. Wow, that's yeah. uncalled for. Look at that California weather. <laughs> oi! Oi! I says, oh, I want to use your, I want to use your restroom. Well, you, you have to pay it. <laughs> 
Uh, how much? To pee? Yeah. <laughs> to pee. To That's pee. right. That's I have to pay to pee? Yes. Yeah, that's right, TP. Exact change, please. I cannot <laughs> split a P. This isn't split pea soup. Look at him scouring London growing. That's pretty cool. So he just stuck the camera out the window. Oh, look, Dom DeLuise. No, it's Jim Henson. Now look at this gag. He like inspects their palms like he's a palm reader or something. And then they're all befuddled and confused by it. He's Jim Henson. He's like, smell my hand. He is huh? like Jim Henson. Guess where it was? Uh-oh, keep more driving. Look at that. That's a great ashtray. Yeah, that's a great ashtray. That's a classic ashtray. That is 1984 in my car with uh, Kanichi Sugahara. Listening to The Clash? Uh, yeah, I would say, um, London's burning, da -na 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 -na. London's burning, all across the town, all across the night, everybody, okay, look, this looks like it's, uh, Jim Belushi, uh, John Belushi to me. It's like Jim Belushi. Yeah, or Jim. Oh. It looks like a Belushi, then third brother. That's a classic Joker movie when you drop your gun. Those three clown pants. <laughs> now look, Derek, uh, who we do the interview, he's about to smash into them with a bike. Oh, so this is the guy we you talked to? Yeah. Well, we've already seen him in the film. I didn't call him out right away. Look, John Belushi. I'm telling you, that's a Jim Belushi movie. Now he doesn't look like Jim Belushi. I think Chico. he's the third Belushi. Right, there's uh, James Belushi, Jim Belushi. No, wait. Jake, Jake Belushi? So they're the same person. Ah. John Belushi. John Belushi, Jim Belushi, and James Belushi are the three Belushi brothers. You said Belushi so many times, I can't even, it doesn't even, it sounds like a nonsense word to me now. It does, right. Belushi, Belushi, Belushi. Oh, okay. Basically. Now, what Derek has found out is that Socrates is meeting with all the mob bosses in London tonight. Okay, so he's going to tell.